0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 295 of So You Want to Be a Writer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm the CEO of the Australian Writer Centre where you'll find writing courses and an awesome, supportive writing community. And I'm here with my co-host, Alison Tate, otherwise known as A. L. Tate, author of the popular Macmaker Chronicles, and Adaban Cipher book series. How are you, Al? I am kind of relieved what's that is that, is that okay Am I allowed to
1: be, well, well book week is right. over my very busy yeah. period of you know putting on my friendly face mm. is over um do you, you have an
0: unfriendly face
1: no lot. I don't have an unfriendly face I just have a kind of a resting writer face which is what I have on most days when I'm sitting at home you know with my dog he doesn't require me to put my friendly face on um but you know, then you've got to go out into the world. And when you go out into the world, you put your friendly face on, yes, right? You so do. I've had my friendly face on for about three months, which is a really long time for me to be friendly. Three
0: months, you know, book week, in
1: last three months. No, but prior to book week, I had a whole range of events. And prior to that, I had the uh, Whit Sunday Festival. And prior to that, I had the uh, Shoalhaven Readers and Writers Festival. And prior to that, I had Vivid. And prior. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. it's just been a fairly busy kind of period for me. So um, I am pretty. You know, it was very exciting, don't get me wrong, I love it. I love Book Week. (laughs) Do you know that I went to a school, yeah, big shout out to City Point in Brisbane, um, where the amazing Linnell, who is the library uh, teacher librarian there, had created a floating, like a massive Mm -hmm. floating from the ceiling out of band cipher, the book of secrets, floating. From the ceiling with fairy lights on it. It was amazing. I was just like, it was next level. It was amazing. But not only that, but the night before whilst I was doing the Your Kids Next Read, you know, live event and meet up, which went very well, thank you very much, Mm. um, they had done an escape room challenge with their school cool. that was all based on the Book of Secrets. So yeah, they had this whole room set up and it was like all decorated and um, they had this puzzle where, you know, Lord Sherborne was trying to trying to get something and they had to save the book but had to yeah. find the book and the book was hidden in a locked, yes. a locked drawer and they had to get find the key and blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it was amazing. It was like I was so excited. I felt like J.K. Rowling was just like yeah, this right. is how she must feel every day
0: yeah. when people are doing <laughs> Harry
1: Potter stuff, you know. I
0: love escape rooms but in case there are some new listeners to the podcast, maybe you can explain what the Ataban Cypher is. Oh,
1: yes. Hello, new listeners. Very nice to meet you all. Um, so the Adaban Cypher is the book at the heart of my Adaban Cypher duology and it is an illuminated manuscript that is all written in code um, and it, it starts out with a golden cover. So she had actually put a golden cover into the escape room, which was amazing. Mm. Um and it But it's a, it's basically like uncovering the secret of this book and keeping it safe is is at the heart of an epic adventure story for children aged 9 to 14 or adults.
0: Yes. There you go. But that's How very that? cool. How did I go? You was did right? very well. So you've really <laughs> nailed your elevator pitch. And if you're just... an aspiring writer or if you're an established writer, make sure you nail your elevator pitch too because <laughs> it's astounding sometimes when you ask authors what their book is about. And half an hour later, they're still explaining it to you and you still don't get it. But I think Alison's got it down pat, right? Well, you know what? When you've done
1: the number of school talks that I've done in the last couple of months,
0: you get very, very good at, uh, at rolling it out
1: because well, you're repeating yourself
0: over and over again. <laughs> here's another test for you because Alison is not only author of the Adaban Sci-Fi, she is co-author with yours truly of – so You Want to Be a Writer, which thank you everyone to all the listeners who are leaving us reviews and who have bought the book. Uh, really appreciate it. We hope that it's useful, but maybe, Alison, you can elevate a pitch that. Oh, I'm not as good at this one, Val, because <laughs> I
1: not as much practice. The yeah. book is called So You Want to Be a Writer, How to Get Started While You Still Have a Day Job, and it's, for, it's full of practical Grounded advice, thank you, Candice Fox, for the quote on the cover, Mm. Um, that is perfect for anyone who has ever had a writing dream, no matter what sort of writing dream that might be. And for me, the highlight of the book in many ways, apart from, of course, from Val and I waxing lyrical, Mm -hmm. is the hundreds and hundreds of tips from authors, authors that are included in the book. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So if you're interested in getting your own copy, you can get it from Amazon or Booktopia or wherever, but one of the easiest places to get it will be straight from the website and there's free shipping. Just go to soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au slash book. And a let- big shout-out, wait, yes. I've got a shout-out. Yeah, shout-out.
1: To Creative for, for her shout-out on yes. Instagram of the book. Much appreciated.
0: Thank you, Creative. All right, so let's move on to the world of writing and publishing. Now, I came across a really interesting link um, from Town and Country, of all places, and it was entitled, Gwyneth Paltrow hired a personal book curator. (laughs) Here's Here's what he chose for her shelves. I mean <clears> – <throat> No, I no, no, no you,
1: no, you have to get to the crux of this. You need the name of the celebrity bibliophile
0: because I feel like that's an important part of the story. Oh, yes. So his name is Thatcher Wine, as in Thatcher, like Margaret Thatcher, and wine as in the thing you drink.
1: Which I just think is spectacular <laughs> and I wish I'd thought of it myself. But
0: anyway, yes. I wonder if he was born with that name. Um, I imagine so because why would you change well, it? I, guess. I don't, well, because it stands out
1: and because yes. it's probably easier, easy to get thatcherwine.com as yeah. a, cause there's not too many of those out there. So, you know, maybe that's a thing. I'm fascinated by this idea though, of, of decorating with books in mm. the sense of, um, you know, color coding them. And I mean, I just, I've never, it's just not how I operate on any level. No. I do not buy books as decoration. I buy books because I want to read them. And I find them interesting. And I just, um, yeah, to me it's an amazing thing that you would get someone in to curate your bookshelves.
0: Yeah, it's quite bizarre. But a friend of mine does that sort of, she doesn't call herself a book curator, but she goes around with people. She did it to my house. And um, she goes around and finds books. And the first thing she does is actually takes the cover off, as in because she thinks they're far more beautiful without the garish cover, you know, the jacket. Right. So um, she takes the jacket off and then you end up, you know, with something that looks like leather or it's quite a nice kind of book. And then she colour coordinates. So until recently, there's only one left actually uh, because my partner got rid of them. But until recently there were piles of books all over my house that were just totally colour coordinated because she got her hands on them and created these little nooks and these little stories and she would place them with other accoutrements and chotch, tchot, what are they called? Chotchkas? Is that, is that the word? No and, idea. And, um...
1: your, your word of the week, woman, not me. <laughs> that,
0: that's not the word of the week. And she would put, you know, little ornaments and stuff next to them and create a little story. And she purposely goes to um, op shops and Lifeline and Vinnie's just to source beautiful books for this purpose, which is quite bizarre. Um, there's only one pile left where well, there were many after her visit. Um, uh, but, yes, it is an unusual concept, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, look, I just think it depends on whether you – I mean, I, I don't know, Do you, are, books a, are books an accessory or are books a, a resource and a joy and a thing that you read? Like I guess the difference is what – what are they there for? Well, it's um, and to long me, long. to me, I, I, books are books are on my shelf because I have read them or written them. That's yes. always fun. Yes, the ones I've written are my most favourite ones. Um, but I also have a lot of books from friends on my shelves. I yes. have, you know, I have. Uh, Books. I just feel like the your bookshelves tell the story of your life in many ways, and I just feel like I keep only the favourites. I mean, we've talked about this the whole decluttering thing. Mm. I keep only absolute favourites because once I've read them, I t- generally tend to you know pass them on or whatever. So if it's on my shelf, it's there for a reason, and I to me that's what a bookshelf is all about. I'd be really interested in your thoughts in the podcast um, community Facebook group. As, as to how how you feel about this as far as, you know, are books for decoration or are they something else entirely?
0: Yes, do let us know. And if you're not already in the Facebook group, just go onto Facebook and search for So You Want To Be A Writer Podcast community and request to join. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. So when he curated Gwyneth Paltrow's bookshelves, <laughs> he said that uh, she remodelled her home And when she moved, she realized she needed about five or six hundred more books to complete the shelves. And so Thatcher Wine says, I looked at books she already owned, which focused on fashion, art, culture, photography and architecture, as well as books that her kids liked. We expanded on those topics. And for the kids, we included a selection of classics that we thought they might like as they got older. In the family room, we integrated the books into her existing collection so that it was very light, inviting, and easy to grab off the shelves. In the dining room, we stuck to a more rigid colour palette of black, white, and grey, since it was less of a space where one might hang out and read. Interesting. (laughs)
1: I have so many thoughts about this and none of them are actually going to be able to be articulated
0: at this point so
1: let's move on
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I have to say that the pile that I have let to I have yet to abandon which my friend you know did Mm -hmm. all of the little piles there's I think it's saying a book on uh, there's three books in that pile one is a book about maps one is how to make origami dresses and one is the biography of bon jovi
1: <laughs> origami dresses like yeah, I'm not what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, you, did you go through a phase is this another is this another <laughs> one of are you going to tell me that you were at one point in your life
0: gonna make origami, origami
1: dresses, dresses?
0: I think I just had a little muck around one Sunday afternoon. I don't think I actually pursued it as a vocation.
1: Well, you know, there's still time, Val. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, you never know. I'll, let, I'll, I'll put it on Instagram. Put it on that list, will you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, thank you to Brooke for sending us this next link, which is from a, a bizarre site called Jubilee Umph. Jubbly Oomph? Jubbly Oomph. Mm, little, yeah, it could be that. and it's a really cute site because it's got lots of um literary and writer inspired gifts, like pins and totes and I don't know like pins that say I'm reading or or book nerd or read or die or um books are magic, stuff like that, and there's t-shirts and as I said, totes and and um books about literary. that have literary themes now on the subject of pins though i know that sometimes when i go to conferences in america that there are pinners Mm. and they pin like Mm -hmm. they and they trade pins and then and their little sash or 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 bag or whatever has like 30 pins on it i don't quite get it because i don't really pin no i'm not a pinner oh you're not a pinner
1: I'm not a pinner. I do actually – it's funny. I do actually have a jubbly oomph original Book Nerd lapel pin Mm. and I have it courtesy of Books and Publishing because I uh, resubscribe. I subscribe to Books and Publishing, you know, magazine and online because I like to be able to see what's going on out there in the world. Mm. And um, I received as my subscriber gift this year a Book Nerd lapel pin which is still on my desk here. Um, I'm not Mm. exactly sure – what I'm going to do with that? <laughs> so, because I'm not cleaning. a I'm not a pinner. Like, but I'm not mm-hmm. an I'm not an excess. I mean, I'm I'm really not an accessorizer. I, I wear my yeah. wedding ring, and I have one necklace that my boys gave me that I just wear all the time. Yeah. And I sort of change that. They give me a new one every year or two because they get sick of seeing me in the same thing. So when I get mm-hmm. the new one, I put that on and I just wear that for a year. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm not a jewelry girl and I'm not a an accessory. My the authorial scarf. That I wear for you know events and things like that. That's about as accessorizing as I get. Yeah, I'm really terrible.
2: That's I'm not, not a person.
1: Well, like, it makes me like you know it makes me hard to buy gifts for. Apparently, according oh, to everyone I've ever met. Yes. And I've got a couple of beautiful rings and things that people have given me that I just don't wear. Like I feel like I'm.
0: Um, Note to I'm yourself: an- never give Alison a ring. No, well, I'm an I'm an
1: under I'm an under celebrator, an under accessoriser an mm. under writer. I really feel like I'm going to need to get out more here and start mm. becoming an over, over. Does that make me an underachiever as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no. you safe. It's okay. I'm not a pinner. In fact, I'm going to give away my lapel pin. Let's do it right now, right here. Oh, I am going to. It into the York into the not York, it's not sorry, wrong group out <laughs> into the So You Want to Be a Writer Facebook um, community. My book nerd lapel pin. When I uh, when you see the image in the group, if you put a little message under it telling me why you must have this pin, mm. then I will choose a winner and send it out to you because love it. I feel like someone should love this, like it's a very mm. cute little thing, cute. you know, and I want you to have it. So I'm going to put a little image up and it'll go up in the group. When this pod when this podcast is live, and it will um, it will be there for the taking. If anybody wants, and, and I will even like sign the thing for you if you want an actual ALTE signed lapel pin. Anywho, and the what only, we're ta-
0: the only pins sorry? I have, I'm not going to give away because one has my cat Rex on it, and the other has my cat Rocky on it. Oh, what? They're my only pins.
1: I can't believe you. Well, you need to put a photo of those in just so I can see them because I've okay. never seen
0: those. Okay. But you can't win
1: vowels. You, so can, you can only can. win mine, okay? Yeah. okay. Um, and I also want to give a shout-out to my one of my favourite um, – websites for literary gifts, which is called bookgeek.com.au. Now, Book Geek is the source of several gifts that I have given to Book Boy um, because, you know, he's that kind of guy. So he has a library stamp T-shirt, which he's still, like I bought it for him um, a couple of years ago and it was too big for him and he con- continues to wear it to death now. It's sort of getting to the point where he needs a new one. But I also bought him some library stamp unisex boxes. So he Love wears it. those around in summer. Um well, and he's got a – I know, he's got like an octopus shirt and he's got – what else has he got? He's got – um, oh, yeah, like, like, like notebooks and there's a cool – I've got a uh, – was given by you, in fact, a yes. library stamp. Uh, so, obviously, the library stamp thing is a thing at our house. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful blue scarf that I wear in winter. Um, so, yeah, like it's a bookgeek.com.au. Have a look there. So, if you're looking for gifts for the bookish person in your life, then it's, it's a great spot to have yeah, a look Yeah, that's at a
0: well. cool site. But yeah. the other site that should become your favourite is actually at valeriecoo.com because <laughs> I have just released. Wait, segue, <laughs> promo, let's that's go. I have just released <laughs> nice. um, my Subtle. new creative <laughs> journals. So, they are notebooks for you to get your creative mojo going and so that you can journal every day, do your morning pages. They come in um, a two-pack and there's there's the Flying Apostrophes um, artwork that features on the cover of one and there's also the Vintage Shuin that features on the cover of the other and they are at a very special price if you order before the 31st of August because they're available for pre-order. We get free shipping and a discount after 31st August. They're going up to the regular price. So check them out. Um, just go to valerieku.com and you'll be able to navigate to the um, creative journals where you well, can you start to talk journaling. to
1: you need to talk to your publicist because I have not received my review copy as yet, oh, just so you know.
0: Oh, okay. I will get, get onto, onto it. I will get, get onto, onto it. Yes, All right. immediately. Let's move on to speaking of Creative Mojo. September is Mojo Month. We're so excited to announce a new online course beginning the 1st of September called Mojo Month. In a nutshell, it's 30 days of inspiration, motivation, mindfulness and creative challenges to help you spring into action. This course will help any type of writer, any type. If you've found yourself in a bit of a writing slump lately or you just want tools to beat procrastination and invigorate your right brain, you'll love this course. Packed with live writing challenges, secret missions, goal-setting strategies, and a curated soundtrack to pep you up, it's daily motivation for less than a coffee a day. So jump on this motivational mystery tour before it takes off 1st September. So go. you don't want to get mojo FOMO. <laughs> so to join, go to writercenter.com.au slash mojo. That's writercenter.com.au slash mojo. Now, it's giveaway time. We have three copies of Little Puggles' Song, which is a gorgeous picture book by an AWC alumna, Vicki Conley, illustrated by Helen Maggison. A lonely echidna searches for his voice. Every time Puggle tries to make sound, nothing comes out. Can Puggle find his voice and join the Bush choir? So, Vicky did the uh, course Writing Picture Books at the Australian Writer Centre, and now she's got this wonderful picture book published. So, go to writercentre.com.au slash win in order to enter. Just follow the instructions there. Entries close on the 2nd of September. That's writercentre.com.au slash win. All right, now Al, are you ready for the word of the week? Yep. <laughs> oh my god, the enthusiasm! Well, just I had to think
1: bounding. about it a little bit. You know, I had to, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a bit tired and relieved, so so, honest. And I'm not sure
0: if I'm ready. But All right. okay, it's prepare me. Orgend. That's a u g e n d. Orgend. Do you know what that is? No. It's really cool. This is. A number to which another number is added. So, if you say two plus three equals five, in this case, two is the orgend. Huh? Really? Org-end. Yeah. It's got a name. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. orgend. And how good's this timing? It's now kind of like the end of August. Orgend. Orgend. Oh, stop. <laughs> right. You were going well until you added that onto
1: uh, the end of that, all right? You were doing well. You should have stuck with the org end bit of that particular <laughs>
0: segment. Yep. All right, let's move on to our writer in residence this week. It's Petronella McGovern. This is so cool. Petronella is a, a graduate of the Australian Writer Centre. She's done courses um, at the centre and she recently launched her book, Six Minutes. Um, mm-hmm. She... Oh, like which has been getting great raps. Getting great raps. I have seen it as the as in the bestseller sections of bookstores as the staff picks. It's um it's going great guns, and um, none other than Leanne Moriarty launched her book recently Ooh. in the Northern Beaches um, here, and um, just so thrilled for Petronella. So let's yeah. have a listen to her story. Petronella, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here, Val. Oh, look, congratulations on your novel, Six Minutes. It is everywhere. I am seeing it everywhere, literally in every bookshop that I go to, in, you know, oh, just everywhere. Um, because, you know, not all books get get distributed everywhere, <laughs> but clearly they think that this one is a winner because um, – It is ubiquitous. So congratulations on that in the first instance. Um, Oh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. So let's start with six minutes for readers who haven't grabbed their own copy yet. Tell us what it's about.
2: Well, it's a psychological thriller and it's set on, in a village on the edge of Canberra and I guess it's based on a premise that most parents would have gone through at some point, which is just leaving their child with a friend for a few minutes. Mm. So one Thursday morning, Lexi takes her three-year-old daughter to playgroup, as she does every Thursday, And um, but when she's there, she decides to pop up to the shop to get some biscuits for morning tea. So she leaves her daughter with the other playgroup mums Um, But when she comes back from the shop with the Tim Tam, six minutes later, Mm. her daughter is gone. And none of the playgroup mums have seen her leave. None of the kids have seen her leave. And so six minutes follows the search for the daughter and what happened in those six minutes. Mm.
0: Now, I am so intrigued. I have so many questions. But first, let's start with how did this idea form? You know, were you...
2: Yeah, how did it
0: come into your brain to, that, that this premise would be a great start of a book?
2: Well, there were sort of two different sparks for the book. Um, I was living in Canberra and took my son, when he was about three, um, to Questacon, to the National Science Museum, and um, there were so many exciting, terrifying exhibits there in the Science Museum, and he um, he was with me one minute and then just gone, and I didn't see him leave, so he just disappeared. And we were frantically searching for him. And it was that sort of terrifying moment of having a lost child and really not knowing did he go out the front, did he go upstairs, you know, is he inside, is he outside, is he with somebody. Anyway, thankfully we found him, or the security guards found him, and he'd just gone back to look at the rockets on the top floor. (laughs) So he was fine. But I really had that feeling of of panic and fear and worrying about all the worst possibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, I was with this wonderful mother's group, uh, which became a playgroup, and we'd meet each Wednesday. And I started to think about... How would everyone react if that situation happened in a safe environment where everyone was friends? What would what would happen with the friendship group and the dynamics among those women?
0: It's brilliant because it sets up so many questions and it sets up so many avenues and 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 um, conflicts and mm. interactions with people. So at that point, when your son went missing and this incident occurred, and you were in the in a mother's group, at that point though. Did you think, oh, I'm going to write this in a novel one day or was it just something that happened a while back and, and you know, you thought about it years later?
2: Well, I was actually working on a, a different manuscript at the time which was about um, a group of friends in their 20s. So I still I kept rewriting that and rewriting that and I'd, I'd had this thought and I'd written a few, you know, some outlines, it was very short, just a few brief notes, um and then finally I decided to stop the other manuscript and start writing this one but it was a while later it probably was um 5 years later a you know, right. long time later
0: <laughs> I'm curious to know did you because you were with a mothers group at the time um did, and you thought of this and this thing happened and you know to your son and you thought, oh, you wondered how would they react? Did you actually raise that question with them to see what I, they uh, would say?
2: No, I didn't. I, I didn't at all. And so <laughs> the characters are obviously all fictional, yeah. but then I was worried. I thought I better send it to them before, you know, before it goes into print, um, just to make sure that no one thinks it's them. <laughs> yeah. um, and they don't. They don't think it's them. And they—they're all very positive, so that I think that's a relief. Um, yes.
0: So there is this core group of mothers in this play group. How then did you, and it, it, the characters are so important in this book, How, uh, in addition to the plot, of course, but um, how did you formulate them? How, were they based on people and how did you determine, you know, what their personalities were going to be like, the way they were going to behave and so on?
2: I think um, I took just characteristics of you know, people in everyday life, not not necessarily people from my mother's group, but characteristics mm. of mother's types that you know, so the relaxed hippie mum, the mm. um, stressed out mum, the neurotic mum, uh, yeah. the can't put their phone down, can't get off social media mum. <laughs> and I sort of was looking at those, but then – you know, I didn't, make, didn't want them to be stereotypes. so I really went in and looked at their motivation and everybody has a secret and everyone has reasons for behaving the way they do. So I really did quite a lot of character background on each one so that they weren't, you know, just a stereotype of someone. Mm.
0: And so when you were, um, I want to talk more about writing the book, but just to give people an idea, do you have a day job?
2: I, I work in writing. I do sort of professional writing and editing but I work from home so I kind of work to deadlines when things come up, yes. And
0: do you work mainly in, I think, is, is it marketing and communications? Is that Yeah, really marketing that and
2: communications, Yep. Yeah.
0: Yes. So how do you divide up your day? How do you, do you kind of do, oh, work hours are my professional marketing writing and after hours is my fiction writing or do you just do whatever?
2: I found it very hard this this novel's taken a long time to well not to write itself but actually to then keep rewriting and re-editing because I kept having to put it behind you know any deadlines that I had from work. Mm um so I would try like I tried all different things I'd say I'll do my writing on Fridays but that never worked and then I'll do (laughs) I'll do it I'll do it in the evenings but that didn't work with the kids and then so I found what does work is getting up early before everybody else and writing for at least an hour in the morning before everybody else and I'm not a morning person so this is quite hard for me (laughs) but that's what's worked for me.
0: Right. So and so, you would only write for an hour in the
2: morning. Did you write? Uh, other oh no, types? then I'd write. I'd write later on. But if I if right. I got that hour, depending on the other deadlines for for work. But if I got that hour in the morning, then I kept the story going in my head, so it was always right. there. So then I could come back to it more easily. Whereas if I if I just tried to do it on a Friday, then I wouldn't be thinking about it every day. And if I yeah. just tried to do it on Sunday afternoon, it it left my head. Whereas if I did something each morning, it, the story was always in my head. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, can you give us a, just a rough timeline of when the idea formed, and then when you first started thinking, I'm going to write this into a novel, and then, and and started drafting it, and just give us a bit of an idea of the, kind of like the key milestones. Like you, it took you this long to create your first draft, and then you know, and then the key steps after that.
2: Yes, well, it helps to look at my son who was three back then (laughs) and is now a very tall 16-year-old. So um, I think it probably took about three years before I started writing the story and then I just wrote a bit and then put it aside Um, and then I moved to Sydney from Canberra, and I did join the Australian Writer Centre um, novel mm. writing course. Mm. And so I'd probably written maybe 15 chapters before then, but I did do then my first draft during that course, and I finished, fully finished the first draft. So that was the six month course. So I finished the draft in those six months, having already started it and thinking, you know, having thought about it before. Mm. And then it's taken probably another four years editing and rewriting and trying <laughs> to get published.
0: Mm. And you you did the six-month program, Write Your Novel, and I have to say that your group is a bit of a wonder group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Margaret Morgan has had her novel, The Second Cure, published. There's also a bunch of other people whose uh, novels are coming out as well. Um, you're you're the the latest one and I think all of you are, you know, turning into – superstar graduates it seems (laughs) but tell me about okay so you wrote the first draft um uh, after you know during the write your novel program and then what did you do did you how important was the workshopping process or getting feedback from whether that's your classmates or other people
2: uh, it was really, really good. So we had Pamela Freeman as our tutor and she gra- gave great feedback in class and then we did the at the end of that six-month course, there's the feedback between the classmates, so that was really helpful. And then from then, the five of us kept seeing each other as a writer's group um, on and off. We still, see, you know, still get together yeah. now and we'd give copies of our novels to each other to give feedback and that was really helpful.
0: So tell us about the journey to publication. So you've you've you you wrote your first draft, you've you know edited it, you've revised it a billion times. Tell us about the actual you know publishing
2: process. Uh, yeah, so I I probably first sent it out to publishers about 2 years ago and um, Everybody was very complimentary about my writing and so in terms of a rejection it I got nice rejections that said mm. the writing's great but the story's not right for us at the moment or we've just had a different book with the same theme. So that so it was sort of it was positive, but it was still a rejection. And so then I decided I'd rewrite <laughs> rewrite the beginning and the ending again. Um,
0: like completely just, differently?
2: Uh, not completely differently, but a bit differently. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I thought I'll just make the best, the very best book I can make. I'll just yes. keep on going, yep. and then um, I had some more friends read it. Um, I tried to get an agent. They again said, "Great writing, but not right, not the right story for us." Mm-hmm. So I think for me it was a real lesson about you know, it's there's a degree of luck of getting a publisher who wants your story at a particular time. So sure, it's uh, timing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I um then I gave it to an agent and he loved it and then mm. he got it in front of a number of publishers and suddenly I had <laughs> I four publishers interested. So I, <laughs> after Fantastic. two years I suddenly had Four publishers, interested, yeah. So I um, accepted an offer from Alan and Unwin, and they've just been fantastic. I've really, mm. really enjoyed working with them, and they. It, the process has actually been quite fast in the end. So we signed a contract mm. last October, and it's mm. just come out now in July
0: brilliant um yeah absolutely brilliant so that's so good for publishers interested and of course it is a fabulous book and leanne moriarty leanne moriarty herself is the blurb on the front cover and she says impossible to put down full of twists and turns you won't see coming i loved this fabulous debut novel and she of course launched your book recently um to a huge crowd which is fantastic so congratulations on mm-hmm. that as well now, I'm always in awe of people who write thrillers because the plot and the ideas have to be so strong for people to have a satisfying... It's not just about beautiful writing. It's it's so important to surprise the reader because otherwise who would want to read it if you knew what was <laughs> going to happen, right? Yeah. So did you um, know what was going to happen yourself in the from the outset or did you just discover it as you went along?
2: well I I knew the beginning and the ending but I didn't know what happened along the way and when I say the ending changed so the sort of how it ended changed but the same the same mm. storyline was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I think it's true that you write a first draft to work it out for yourself and then subsequent drafts uh, really to to put in the um, you know, the red herrings and the secrets and the the plot thriller parts and the, and work out the pace and the suspense. So I think once once you know what's happened, once you've done that first draft, then you can really work on the pace and the suspense. Mm. I also think that um, uh, so the book's written from five different character perspectives, mm. and I think that helps the suspense because. Not every character knows what's going on yes. and obviously the detective has different information to the parents mm. so that that brings a different level to it as well.
0: So when you were um, writing it though, so you knew the beginning and the end but when you were writing it, did you plot it out and then write it or did you kind of just write the middle bit without knowing what was going to happen? Even though you knew the end, you know, you, there's still many steps before the end.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I knew so as I wrote I sort of would write I guess in third so I thought I think I thought oh this will happen as I started writing then it led to me this will happen in this third and then I right. thought about what might happen in the next third and then the last third Okay.
0: and did you have to um was it hard to get into the mindset of the different points of view, not so much in terms of the character because if you really know your character you can do that, but in terms of remembering what they were supposed to know and, you know, where how they fit into the story, if you know what I mean? Um,
2: Not really. I don't know why not, but not really, mm. no, because I really um... – I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed books from different character perspectives. So I just really enjoyed yeah. swapping heads. I, I love jumping in, and and I love that idea that you know everyone has a different understanding of the situation. That because people know different yeah. things.
0: Yes. Yeah. How? Um. What was the most enjoyable thing about writing this?
2: Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I say well, hopefully, publishing. there was enjoyable <laughs> things about writing. it. <laughs> All of it was enjoyable. I, I really liked, um, I'm really interested in the police side, so I did interview a number of detectives and I mm-hmm. found, you know, the real-life stories really interesting. Mm. I, I think a lot of listeners would
0: be interested to know how you got in touch with the
2: detectives. Um, I, actually through friends of friends and people's cousins who kindly said, I said, I'm, I really need someone to talk to and um, they asked friends, which was very nice.
0: Oh, Okay. And what was the most challenging thing about writing this book?
2: I think the ending. So I probably wrote the ending six, the climax. I get the climax right. six times. And, um, and then even when it went into a structural edit stage, they said, oh, now there's too much in the climax. You have to take some of it out. <laughs> okay. I'd gone from not having enough in the climax to having too much in the climax. Uh, right. So I think that was probably the trickiest part.
0: At what point did you know you wanted to do fiction writing? you know, from a young child or or much later?
2: Uh, as a young child, I've always liked really? to write, yeah. I've so you you, you always wanted to write a novel from from then? Yes, yeah, always a novel. Okay, so mm. what
0: finally got you started to write one?
2: Well, I, I think um, I'd ri- I've written sort of two ghostwritten, two non-fiction memoirs, which mm-hmm. I think help a lot with understanding structure. Yeah. Um, and I've always been trying to write this in in the background of my life but it's hard with the kids and work and everything else going on sure and I think I just thought I'm getting older hurry up
0: did you give yourself like a (laughs) deadline or something
2: well I think my deadline was you know 15 years ago so I might have
0: (laughs) (laughs) failed that deadline so what happened to the the manuscript about the women in their 20s that you
2: spoke of Uh, it's it's still in my drawer i did look at it um recently and i think it's it's a it's a much slow it's not it's a bit of a not a psychological thriller it's a much slower paced story so i think it would need a lot of work in this climate to to have that kind of oomph with it
0: right so in that case what uh, are you working on something else now because obviously this this book is out um, yeah
2: Yes, yep. I've just finished my first draft of the next book, which is another psychological thriller. Right, and so, so
0: that's exciting. So tell us, how did you come up with the idea for that? It, you might not want to share yet, yet what the idea is, but yeah, where do, it's kind of like another way of saying where do you get your ideas from? Did something happen
2: well, I, to you again? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, I was actually. Oh, I don't think it happened to me. No, I was. But it's funny. I was cleaning up my study the other day, and I came across um, a newspaper article that I pulled out, and that must have been six years ago. And it mm. was the um, the sort of the spark for this story. Mm. And I'd even forgotten that I'd had it that long ago. I knew I was thinking about it three years ago, but I didn't know I was thinking about it six years ago. Yeah, right. So it was uh, a story in the paper. Um, that I'd read.
0: Wow, that, that you mean. had just hung on to all these years.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: Okay, and that has that has that's the jumping off point for your next book. Yes. So obviously you've you've already done the first draft for that, and you've followed that routine of um, uh, writing in the morning, so that you keep it in your head. Mm. Uh, presumably, do you ever? Um, Obviously, that's what you do during everyday life while you're still working in your professional capacity, looking after your family, whatever. Do you ever take off and decide, oh, I need to go on a writing retreat, or I need solitude so that I can really crack this for some reason?
2: Yeah, I have. I've done um, two short weekend writing retreats, which were wonderful. Mm. Um, I went with another author up to the Central Coast, and that was we just we just wrote all day. We're exhausted. I think we wrote for eight hours. I know we just sat there and wrote, or we had lunch and wine in between. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so that was really good. But I think also I think because when you work from home, you know, there's always so much to do here. So I do sometimes go just leave the house and go to the library or go to a cafe and just try and get away from the home environment as well.
0: Okay, you mean to, so if you go to the library or the cafe, let's just get practical here. What do you, do you take your laptop. what do you write on? Is it just boring old yeah, word? I, <laughs> uh,
2: I'm writing in Scrivener. Oh, really you are like writing in Scrivener? Yeah, I like, uh, and I think when you have different character point of views, it's it's good to be able to see the list down the side about who's had, who's had which chapters down the side you can see which characters have had their chapters yeah
0: and so do you you use the function in scrivener like the index card function where you summarize each kind of scene or chapter
2: i did i did a little but not a lot i probably use it like word but yeah (laughs) okay but i like i do like the chapter um just the down the side where you can see whose whose chapter it is it's really helpful
0: Mm-hmm. okay did you use Scrivener to write six seconds
2: yes six yes six minutes yes six I did, minutes yeah. sorry <laughs> so, yeah, six minutes it's in it's, it's I'm holding it very, very
0: quick I'm, in six seconds <laughs> yeah exactly I'm holding it you know so it's six <laughs> six minutes okay cool and um what's the most rewarding thing about writing fiction to you
2: I think it's now when other people are reading the story, and they're just mm. so excited about it and for me i love i the reason I write psychological thriller is because I love a psychological thriller, yes. and all these people have said, I can't put it down, and one mm. woman said, I had to send my Kindle to work with my husband because otherwise mm. I was just going to read all day and I had to do work oh, and funny. so just that um you know the the people are getting hooked into it it's just yes. it's just wonderful.
0: Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, and finally, what's your top three tips for aspiring writers who hope to be in a position where you are one day, as in a published novelist? Yes.
2: Well, I guess these are tips that really that are my tips for myself, really. Okay. Um and so firstly, I think, is to prioritise your writing. I found it really hard. As I say, it's taken longer than I'd hoped to get to this point. Um, with with work and kids, it's hard to prioritise your writing. So I'd say give yourself permission to write and give yourself time to write away, away mm. from work and kids and other resp- family responsibilities, other responsibilities. Um, I think... I think it's really helpful to get external deadlines. I even though, even though I'm a freelance writer and I have deadlines with my novel, I would make a deadline and it would just whiz by cuz no one else was waiting for that deadline. Yes. So I think um you know go, joining going into competition so short story or novel competition so you have a deadline to finish a, a work or joining you know like the Australian Writer Centre a course where you have deadlines and the homework. I think that's really helpful. So you can actually finish a project and not just keep rewriting and rewriting, or get mm. it put behind. And I Very think, um, thirdly, for me was to find some writing buddies. Mm. <laughs> um, so I knew a few writers already, but doing the Australian Writers Centre course, then we did get we got this great group of writers that we can give each other feedback and support. Mm. And you know, I think writing is such it can be such a lonely process, That's and right. you don't you don't know what the reader's thinking because you're so close to it. Mm. So getting that feedback from other writers is really useful. And um, and I think you never know where you might find writers. Like when I was in Canberra, I mm. found another writer doing canteen duty at my daughter's school. So oh. you know, we started getting together and having coffee and giving each other our work to read. So that was really, really good.
0: Oh, great. All right, yeah, There's um. it's so useful to... Be with like-minded people and who who understand what you're going through, basically to find your tribe, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Well, congratulations again, Petronella. It's you know it's already showing the signs that it's going to be huge. I can just totally see a mini series coming out of this. <laughs> well, so, that would be great. <laughs> yes, very very excited for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Valerie. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you're serious about completing your own novel manuscript, immerse yourself in our inspiring and motivational six month programme Write Your Novel. Filled with weekly workshopping and practical lessons, you'll receive advice on structure, dialogue, and balance, as well as tips on publishing. This online program fits around your weekly schedule and you'll find extensive personal feedback from your tutor and classmates throughout the program. Find out more at writercentre.com.au slash novelwriting. There you go, Petronella McGovern. I'm so excited for her. Oh, it's brilliant and I just love watching
1: people kind of realise they're publishing dreams and, yeah. you know, she's done a great job. I mean, I've seen that book everywhere and Every the cover day. is so eye-catching Very. that you can't miss it, you know. It's amazing. So mm. well done, Petronella. Go you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so we're almost at the end of this week's episode. What are you doing until we chat again,
1: Al? Uh Well, I'm catching up on admin and emails, which is always exciting. I'm uh, cleaning my house, also exciting, mm. and um, I'm doing some writing, which is more exciting admittedly
0: yes yes i should be cleaning my house but oh uh, you know you just got to be in the right mood for pick up put down um but, <laughs> so i will be fulfilling orders for my new creative journals
1: Woo-hoo! <laughs> that's much more exciting than pick up put down yeah much Go more in. exciting
0: Go <laughs> all right great where do we find you online now
1: uh, you will find me at alisontait.com, A L L I S O N T A I T. You will find me on Twitter at, at Al altate A L T A I T. And you will find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, where
0: do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K H O O, on Instagram and Twitter, and over at Valerie Koo.com. And of course, you'll find all of the show notes at au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writerscentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions, and much more.